0: Welcome to Madam Officers. Um, we've been having a great time learning about um, the art of, of hearing God. And I, I just trust the Spirit of God to help us tonight. Uh, my heart is going in a lot of different directions. So I trust He will bring some definition to um, our meeting tonight. Um let's start from the Book of Philippians. Um Chapter three. Um, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. By the way, how many people fulfilled their assignment last week? An assignment was given. An assignment was given. Hallelujah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there were two assignments given, actually. One was uh, pray about, um, you know, between Thursday and Sunday. You know, just pray for the church. and, um, And as you're praying, the Spirit of God will give you a word of encouragement, a word of comfort, a word of exhortation, and go share it with somebody. Yeah, that was assignment one. And I said, as you begin to pray, someone's picture will come up in your heart. And we're practicing um, being led by the Spirit of God. And one of the principles that we looked at is the fact that um, love for others is a principle for hearing God. Amen. And, and when we practice that, uh, we will begin to hear God speak because he's always speaking. Yeah. So you, as you prayed, you had somebody come up in your heart. You were praying for them and you went to share uh, a word with them. What if it's your wife? What if it's your wife? Yeah. No, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> as long as you you. <laughs> mm. So was she encouraged by it? Yes, she was. Actually, she was, because she knew it was obviously. I mean, take me away, but you know, this is because we Yeah, she did. Okay, all right. Did somebody else do that? Yes, ma'am? Come tell us about it. I've always been looking for an excuse to get you up here. All right, do you want to share it from there? Huh? You want to share it with someone, was it in church? You were praying? Yeah, she was in church. Praise God. Okay. Anybody else do that? Yes, sir. ha. The person wasn't in church, okay? But you've not been able to share it with them, okay? All right? Anyone else? you are smiling. No, no, no I'm just a smiley person. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> are you an obedient smiley person or just a smiley person? Generally. <laughs> Generally, okay. But specifically, are we sort of, <laughs> yeah? I, I, I. Okay, get that far into the obedience of the word. I get it. So, um... Yeah, um, Yeah, the Lord is speaking. And we need to embrace that value, that the Lord is speaking. Um, and um, there are principles for hearing God, clearly, and that is one of them. Um, and the other assignment was, I said you should um, pray about um, the message this week. Everyone remember that assignment? So did you pray about it then? (laughs) I believe I mentioned it again last, I didn't? Okay. There's clarity, you guys remember that. (laughs) There's clarity about that bit of it. Wow, okay. Praise God. So we are listening, hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's so important that we practice, you know, that we practice what we, what we learn. Um, you know, when Jacob had the vision at Bethel and he saw God or he saw the ladder and angels ascending and descending, when he woke up, he said, man, God was here and I didn't know it. Uh, we have living within us the very spirit of God. Um, but we can live or walk through life and not know or experience. The word know um, really speaks about not an accumulation of facts or mental ascent. It speaks about experience. Yeah, Experience. Uh, the Greek word is ginosko, which speaks about um, an experience that creates a relationship between the object uh, that you are seeking and yourself. Yeah? It creates a relationship. Okay, So um, Jacob said, God was here and I didn't know it. Um, and we looked at the fact that the consciousness of God's presence uh, or the Spirit's presence within us, building that consciousness is, is, is quite key um, to walking in and, um, what he's able to provide. So it's important that we practice. We practice. Um, you know, it was a few weeks ago that we're praying, and I said that um, I should have done it then. Actually, I said that there were between three, um, like between three and four people that needed to get filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and you know, we're just praying, and I said, um, you know, they should just open their mouths and and just respond to the Holy Spirit, and they'll get filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting. Um, I actually should have identified who they were, but as we're praying that evening, on the inside, I just, I didn't hear a voice saying there are three or four people. I just had, it was like an, a, an impression on the inside. I felt a tug in my heart in a particular direction, yeah, and I thought there were three because I, I had a tug of uh, about two people here and one person over there, but then I had another tug at the back yeah it was just like a spiritual impression. it wasn't a voice it wasn't but over the years I have learned to respond to it or identify it. We all have that yeah we all we all have it um, the Spirit of God speaks to us in many different ways, and impressions um, or prophetic impressions is something that everybody has, yeah, but we just need to recognize them and Act on them, and you will get more accurate in, in those perceptions and in those leadings. And every perception and every leading is spiritual, but it may not necessarily be spectacular, but it will save your life. Amen. It will save your life, it will lift you up, it will take you to the next level. Uh, you, you, you can't operate effectively by faith without the Holy Spirit. In fact, you can't do anything without the holy spirit uh, because the holy spirit is the one that makes the kingdom real yeah he's the one that makes the kingdom real Uh, this kingdom is real amen so uh, philippians 3 verse 7 um, i'm reading the new living translation it says i once thought uh, that these things were valuable but now i consider them worthless Because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. So that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Now look at verse 12. He says, I don't mean to say I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess. through Christ, is calling us. Uh, I believe the NIV says, for which God has called me heavenward. For which God has called me heaven heavenward. You know, Paul was um, a highly educated uh, person. Uh, he was a very a highly educated person. In fact, from verse 5... He speaks about his credentials. Okay, uh, Paul was a Pharisee um, and to become a Pharisee, uh, you went through, um, I mean from a very young age, uh, you, went through, uh, yeah, you went through rigorous training. You um, went through rigorous training to become a Pharisee, training in the law training in the Torah, uh, which is the law, training in the Talmud, training in all kinds of things. And um, so he was a very educated person. In fact, he was trained under Gamaliel, uh, who was one of the foremost um, uh, Pharisees of his day and scholars. But Paul um, said that, Having gone through all this and having had all my credentials, I have made a decision that there's stuff that is a lot more valuable than that. Um, he said, "I thought I once thought they were valuable, but now I consider them worthless. Not because they weren't important, but compared to um, our inheritance in Christ, all these other things are worthless." And he says, "I've discarded them, counting them as garbage, so that I may gain." Christ and be one with Him. He didn't say I'm again Jesus, as you know. Christ is not Jesus's surname. The word Christ speaks about the Anointed One and His anointing. Okay, so basically, He's saying that I'm again that for which Christ has possessed me, and He actually said that later on, um, in um, verse. Verse 12b, it says, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. You know, there is a high place that God has called us to within himself. Um, you know, the Bible says that we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Um, there is a high calling that, um, that we are called to um, possess. Paul says that I may be one with him, that I may walk in union with him. Now, I'm interested in the fact that on two occasions here, he used the word press. He started in 12b when he says, I press on to, po- to possess that perfection for which Christ has first possessed me. And then in verse 14, it says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which uh, f- uh, for which God through Christ is calling us I like the word press because it speaks about consistent effort yeah um, the place of our calling the place of our inheritance is not something that you and I are going to possess without pressing um, we're going to need to um, push beyond the limits or push beyond what we consider our current limits to actually possess that for which God has called us to possess. Um, God longs to be sought. He longs to be desired. He longs to be chased after. Hallelujah. Um, These things are not things that we're going to stumble into there are things that our um, calling in him is something that we must press into to receive. Yeah? Uh, I don't know if you've ever learned to play any musical instrument. Anyone here ever learned to play any musical instrument? Or learned a new language? Yeah? Okay, how many people have started learning a musical instrument? How many people have started learning a new language at some point? You know, you know how you go on a, on a vacation. Uh, maybe you go to Italy, and you hear this, you know, or maybe you're a young man, and you're thinking, you know, it's said that Italians, you know, they know how to, uh, you know, they know how to chat the ladies and the language. You know, there's something about it. So you think, you know what, I need to add this to my toolbox, you know. Um, or you go on a vacation, and, um, you know, and you... Um, and, you know, just decide, I, I, and it happens, or you hear somebody sing a song, and you think, man, isn't that so beautiful? I've got to learn to sing. Or you hear Daniel or any of these guys play an instrument, and you think, man, I've got to learn to play an instrument. And, um, but, but with everything that's worthwhile, um, there, is always, there are always three levels. There's always the desire level, which is very easy. Uh, there's the discipline level. And then after you push through the discipline level, there's the delight level. We all like the desire, don't we? And we look forward to the delight, but you know that discipline thing, you know, there's something about it. Um, But anything worth anything is, has to be, you you need to press in. Hallelujah. And the Lord is no different. And you know, you might listen to the thing, I'm saying, where's all the grace? Where's the grace? Sounds like works to me. (laughs) Yeah. Where, where, is, where is the grace? Hallelujah. Well, the grace has given us the access. Praise God. Uh, and, and, he, um, and he creates, he puts within us, the Bible says, the, the desire. And it gives us the power to do his will. Uh, are, are you with me? He, he creates within us that hunger for him, that thirst for him. But um, he, he, he's not going to make you search for him. Uh, are, are you with me? He puts that hunger in there, that thirst in there. He creates the environment for it to happen. But he wants you to seek him out. Hallelujah. Uh, Paul says that um, I've counted these things worthless. You know, I I read a a story once about um, uh, somebody who uh, wanted to teach some students about time management. Okay? And... He, he gets into the room, and then he um, he, he has a jar, an empty jar, and, um, and then what he does is he has different kinds of stones. He has sort of big stones, small stones, and some fine sand, you know. So the first thing he does is he puts the large stones in, okay? And then after he puts the large stones in, then he puts some smaller stones and sort of moves the, the bottle around a little bit and then he puts the sand in and then he asks the students you know um is it full yet and they said um yes it looks full. but he says no i can still put some more in so he he, he moves it around a little bit and puts some fine sand in and and he feels the um the jar eventually and then he says is it full and they said yes it's full you can't get anything else in And then he pours some water in, you know. So he says to his students, what did you learn from this? You know, and one student said, well, um, there's always more room. You can always put more in your, (laughs) on your calendar. (laughs) You know, even though you might think that your calendar is full, you can actually put some more stuff in. And he says, no, the lesson I want you to learn here is, If I hadn't put the large stones in first, I would never have got them in, basically. Yeah? Uh, And basically, what he was trying to illustrate is the fact that um, um, we we need to put first things first. Okay? Paul says that I count all these things as garbage when compared to winning Christ. Okay? And in order to win Christ, we must press on, we must press in. And therefore, he must or searching for him, or seeking after him, must be our priority. Must be our life priority, and our heart priority. Uh, But the good news is that we will find him when we seek him. Uh, Look at Jeremiah 29, uh, very quickly. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29. and um, Let's go down to... um, Verse 13, Uh, the New King James Version um, puts it this way. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me. I like that. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And verse 14 begins by saying, I will be found by you. He says, I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will be found by you. You will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Uh, The Message Bible translation of that puts it this way. It says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I will make sure you won't be disappointed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like that translation. Yeah, It says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I will make sure you won't be disappointed. Hallelujah. So he loves to be sought. Um, he, he, he puts his desire in you to seek him. He helps you along the way to seek him. And he will make sure that you will be disappointed. But that seeking is something that you must do. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, and you know, with with, um, with like with playing an instrument, uh, you've got to be committed. You've got to be committed. Yeah, you've got to be committed. If it's your, if it's more important than anything else. Hallelujah. It says, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. Wow. Now, that's a big ask, isn't it? Yeah? Well, not if you're God. But it sounds like a big ask. When you want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you wouldn't be disappointed. So, what is our most important priority in life? What's the most important thing to you? You don't need to answer that. But don't answer it to me, but answer it to yourself. What is the most important thing? I mean, what, what, is, the, what is the most important thing for you? Yeah. Well, God says that um, you will find me when I am the most important thing. Yeah. And I'll make sure you would not be disappointed. So that means that the level of relationship you have with God is determined by you. Because the Bible says that, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. So it means that the depth of my hunger and my commitment to search after him will result in that hunger being filled. Yeah, if I'm not hungry, I would not get full. Hallelujah. Yeah. He says, I'll make sure you will not be disappointed. When you get serious about finding me, I want it more than anything else. Do we want him more than anything else? Paul says, I counted everything as garbage compared to this thing. And this is the one thing that I'm seeking. Hallelujah. Hmm. You know, when it comes to our purpose... Um, and the reason for our being, uh, we sang it earlier on. I was, I was born to be your dwelling place, a home for the presence of the Lord. That's our reason for being. You know, last week I mentioned uh, something that the rabbis say, and that is the fact that I'm here because I was created uh, by him uh, to be good to me. He, God created us to be good to us. And our purpose is to be lovingly bonded uh, with him that he may dwell through us. So our purpose is to walk in union with him, uh, to be one with him, like Paul says, uh, to, to walk with God. That is our purpose and to fellowship with him. Yeah. Um, in order for us to fulfill our purpose, we've got to desire him more than anything else. Yeah. We've got to desire him. More than anything else, and we, 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 we've got to cultivate our relationship um, and ensure that, um, that anything that is limiting your relationship with Him is put aside. Uh, are you with me? If indeed you really desire to fulfill your high calling, what is our high calling? Come, on, it's not a trick question. What's our high calling? Come on, guys. Yeah. Our high calling is to be one with him, isn't it? Yeah. It's 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 to be one with him, uh, it's to be in union with him. Our high calling, uh, our purpose is to be lovingly bonded with him so that he can dwell through us. Not dwell in us, but dwell through us, which means there's relationship. Because God dwells in all of us, doesn't he? Because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, but if we, if he dwells through us, it means that that relationship, um, is practical. That relationship is alive. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, but in order for that to happen, uh, he needs to be the one he needs to be, we need to be single-minded on seeking him and wanting him and desiring him and walking, um, with him. Hallelujah. You know, the Holy Spirit is a real person. The Holy Spirit is a real person. And you know, uh, with real people, you can please real people, and you can displease real people. Hallelujah. If you're married, you know that uh, there are benefits in pleasing your husband or your wife. There are some real benefits. Um, But if you don't please them, um, there are some... What's the opposite of benefit? Sounds like there should be a disbenefit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> hallelujah. You know, the um, the LA church, when they were writing creeds about Christianity and um, they were talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, the Nicene Creed uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, they said, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the father and the son who together with the father and the son is worshipped and glorified i believe in the holy spirit the lord and giver of life hallelujah when we think about the holy spirit do we think about him in these terms he says i believe in the holy spirit the lord and giver of life who proceeds From the Father and the Son. And who together with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. Hallelujah. So we have living in us the Lord and giver of life. Wow. Now what would it look like if um, the Lord and giver of life was dwelling through you? (laughs) Yeah, What would it look like? If the Lord and giver of life was dwelling not in you as in imprisoned in you but dwelling through you what would your life look like? Any offers? Pardon? It would be a beautiful life. What does a beautiful life look like to you? mm-hmm mm-hmm okay all right okay Ken has gone downstairs all right what else does it look like to somebody else if what life is complete huh you guys are Christians what you had the lord and giver of life dwelling through you i mean peace in every situation confidence in every situation the lord and giver of life wow confidence and peace yes life and glory to bear okay wow if the lord and giver of life was actually one with you and dwelling through you yeah hallelujah well it would be a life of power wouldn't it it would be a life of uh, exceeding glory yeah um you would never be perturbed by anything in fact you would be very bold yeah there's no way you would not go hallelujah If the Lord and giver of life was dwelling through you, you know, I, I, there's a verse of scripture. I, um, you know, it's important that we, we, we understand that everything we're talking about is available to all of us. And this is what we, this is how we're created to live. Hallelujah. And that's why he says, when you seek me above everything else, I will make sure that you are not disappointed. Yeah. But you've got to seek me. This thing we're looking at or talking about is not on the surface. All right? It's not on the surface. You know, when uh, I started learning to play the the guitar years ago, and, you know, when I hit a stumbling block, you will always hit a roadblock in any endeavor, whether it's a business, you've started, you know, you do it well for a few months, and, you know, you're on one level, and then you decide that you want to this you hit a like a a wall you hit a wall you know you hit a wall you know you might be you know making a bit of money a few million and then you hit a wall and to transcend that or in the growth of a church you hit a wall in terms of numbers and influence in anything you hit a wall now when you hit that wall you have to make a decision some people camp there it's like well (laughs) <laughs> There's something my mom used to say in Yoruba. lower Have you ever said that? Said. So the Lord has helped me thus far. Let me just stay here. <laughs> it was too English. No, you were you were just surprised because you've never heard me say it. So it was it was a bit difficult to compute. <laughs> so it was your problem. It was your ears. Not my speaking. Tune in, tune in. You know, tune in. Yeah. Frequency. Yeah. yeah. So when you get, to, and, and we all hit those, those roadblocks, those walls, uh, in any endeavor. Um, so I learned to play an instrument, and, um, and then you know I hit a roadblock, and I asked Biola, I said, you know, how, how, how often do you practice this thing? I mean, you seem to play so well. It was even Daniel I asked. I said, so Daniel, how, you know, how often do you practice this thing? He said, well, no, oh, it's Biola that said this, actually. He said, well, you know, actually, they both said it. It's pretty consistent. He said, well, you know, when I got started and I really want to get serious about it, I still spent about seven hours every day on it. I said, what? He said, yeah, I'd spend about seven hours. I said, what? <laughs> he said, then I asked, I asked one of them, and then I, asked, I went to ask the other one, you know, not at the same time. He said, yeah, about seven hours. Daniel said, you know, I'd spend a little less now, but about seven hours, I'm on it. And I said, how often? He said, no, I, I do that daily. Yeah? Um, so, so basically, they hit the roadblock that I was hitting, but their approach was different yeah because they, they said you know i've got to be consistent you know paul said I, I press on i press i press he said it twice i press to obtain um one translation said i strain forward yeah you know this thing is so important uh walking in my destiny and who i am is so important you know, my destiny and your destiny is not achieving stuff. Yeah? That is not, um, that is not our reason for, uh, that's not the reason for our creation. Yeah? Great to achieve stuff. Our destiny is for him to dwell through us. Hallelujah. Yeah? Our destiny is for him to dwell through us. And it's available to us. But we must desire it and want it hallelujah amen because then that same business you are doing you'll do it through his grace and through his influence yeah um but we must press in it must be a hunger a thirst a desire and we must pursue it hallelujah amen not pursuing an answer to prayer but pursuing him yeah Pursuing an identity or a life experience where he's dwelling through you. He's in you already. Hallelujah. But like I said, the Holy Spirit is real. And if we adopt this mindset, then anything that limits that, uh, the experience of that objective or achieving that objective, we put it aside. You know, it's interesting that, that, um, the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that thus so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is... Uh, At the right hand of the Father. Now, I I find that passage interesting because he says that um, you should lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Now, what does easily beset mean? The things that trip us up. Now, if there are things that trip us up very easily, why does he say we should lay it aside so casually? You know, because this is a you know how people have certain sins and it's like, man, this thing, you don't understand. is a real problem. <laughs> do you understand? I need deliverance, but not just deliverance. I need the real authentic people. You know, I'm going <laughs> to do the deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Because it is a major problem. And then the writer here says, laid aside. I mean, I, I, that's, it surprised me. Just lay aside those besetting sins. Now, why is he able to say lay them aside so easily? Because he said, "Seeing that we have so great a cloud of witnesses that are uh, that, that compass us, we have a lot of people that have gone before us who had the same issues but were able to achieve their high purpose. So it's like, look at what all these guys achieved. They've already done it. Do you understand? They've already done it." So, looking at what they were able to achieve and how they were able to obtain what you are seeking for, put aside all this stuff and look at the big picture. What is available to you is to walk with God and walk in union with God where God himself begins to dwell through you. Put everything else aside. And when you look at that and you focus on that, you know, a lot of all these things will not be that difficult to put to one side. Hallelujah. Because you have a clear vision. Of what is available to you. Look at um, Judges, just one statement in Judges, um, Chapter, look at Judges, Chapter six, uh, verse thirty three. Now, Judges 6 talks about Gideon and the life of Gideon. You know the story, so we're not going to go through it. And, um, you know, he, he, was, he was experiencing a very limited life. Uh, he was being contained. In fact, the whole of Israel was being contained. Uh, if you start reading from uh, Judges 6 verse 1, you will see that um, they had sinned against God and God allowed them to fall into the hands of the Midianites. And um, what then happened was they were living in mountains and caves that they had dug out of the mountains. Um, And, um, you know, every time they planted, they had an overwhelming attack of the enemy that stole everything they planted. So they worked hard but there was no fruit from their hard work. (laughs) Yeah? It was a very dire situation. And they were overwhelmed by the enemy and there was no way out. They couldn't see a way out. Have you ever felt so contained and limited? Yeah? So contained and limited. You know, when God dwells through you, uh, the Bible says that every yoke will be destroyed and every burden lifted. Yeah? Yeah? Now, that is not an amen verse. That is the result of uh, a practice. Because the Bible says that the anointing is destroyed by the anointing. Or, or the yoke is destroyed, rather, by the anointing. One translation says that by the fatness, the yoke is destroyed. Yeah? You know, when you have a yoke of oxen, a yoke is a limitation that you put over oxen. And that harness, it's a heavy, um, uh, it's made of typically of wood. Um, they, 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 they mount or put it on the necks of two um, oxes. Um, and it forces them to walk in a straight line so that they can plow the soil. Okay? So it, it, is, it's, it contains you. When there's a yoke on your life, you are contained. Yeah, it it doesn't matter how you turn your neck. You can't. There's very little movement. (laughs) Are you with me? You have to walk in a straight line. You are being controlled by by forces. Yeah. Um, Now the Bible says that if the oxen, or this is what it's saying, as the ox starts getting fat, yeah, as the ox starts getting fat, the yoke will have difficulty. Staying in place. So as the neck of the ox gets fatter, after a while, it breaks the yoke. So the yoke is destroyed because of the fatness. Yeah? Now, of course, the anointing is the Holy Spirit. But it is not the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is in you, the Holy Spirit is in me. The fatness is the expression of the Holy Spirit coming through you. Are you with me? Now, as that presence that is inside you and I, the same presence was inside Jesus. But the thing is, with Jesus, he came out. There was an expression. So he wasn't dwelling in Jesus. He was dwelling through him. So that's why um, the yoke could not stay on Christ. And as he comes through you, the yoke will not stay on you. Yeah? Now, Gideon um, and the children of Israel were going through an impossible situation. But God put Gideon through a process where he, be- he-, he started getting fatter. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah, You will get fatter in the spirit as you go through the same process. And we have said the process, um, you know, where he becomes priority and where cultivating that relationship becomes the most important thing. Hallelujah. He said, you'll find me when you seek me. Okay? And look at this verse. In verse 33 of Judges 6, the New Living Translation. It says, soon afterward, the armies of Midian, Amalek and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan camping in the valley of Jezreel. This is not news. This is what they did all the time. They waited until the harvest was ripe. And then they will camp and they will overrun um, Israel as always. But the difference here was that um, um, uh, Gideon got fatter. It says then the spirit of the Lord took possession of Gideon. He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms and the men of the clan of Abiezer came to him. He said, the spirit of the Lord took what? Possession of him. Hallelujah. This is a man that the spirit of God is coming through. Yeah. You know, when the spirit of God takes possession of you. You know, we looked at John 14, uh, 21 and 23 last week. Where he talked about the father and the son coming to make their abode in you and manifesting through you. Yeah? When the spirit manifests through you, every yoke is destroyed and you operate in a different dimension. Amen. So, anything that is a limitation from that, uh, from the achievement of that purpose, because of the glory of what is set before us, we must lay it aside. Hallelujah. Now, what are some of those things? Daryl? Say again? Okay, good. Now, you know, I I thought people would just say sin, and that's obvious, right? We know that. Sin always creates a separation between us and God, yeah? But you know, there are some other things that may not seem as obvious, but they are just as real. One is sleep. Do you understand? One is sleep. Um, And it varies for different people. One is food. You know, for, for me, I've realized that, I mean, I don't eat that much anyhow. Okay, I know I'm coming into someone's in uh, space now. But I just realized, I, I realized a few weeks ago, uh, it, was, it was just this growing awareness. that You know, I don't need to eat as much as I do. I don't eat a lot. But I don't need to eat. I was thinking, you know, because when i have a when i when i have a full stomach it sort of weighs me down and i don't really feel you know when it comes to praying when it comes to really sort of getting into stuff you know just feel you know bloated yeah and i thought you know i'm just not going to eat as much as before yeah because i, I want to be I, I you know it's a weight literally yeah but it's 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 uh, it it, it, it's, it gets in the way, and I don't need it. I love good food, but you know, it, it, quality and quantity are not necessarily. Do you understand? You can have you can eat, but you, it doesn't have to be so much. Do you, do you understand? I mean, there's no. I mean, there are people that they just eat. You know, sometimes I look at people eat, and I think, man, <laughs> I don't know what your prayer life is like. <laughs> do you understand? No, no, seriously. It's just, it's, I mean, yes, I know there's the sin of eating too much. That's gluttony. But really, you know, it, it doesn't help. Yeah? So sleep is one, eating, food is another. Yeah? There are things, television. Yeah. Okay, now, now the, the thing is, you know, some of this thing you might think, man, this is a big thing, huge how am I going to? But you know what Paul says? I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. He says, look at those that have gone before. Look at what is available. Just keep looking at that. He said, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I mean, the cross was, I mean, the most horrible thing that could happen to somebody. I mean, if you watch the uh, uh, Passion of the Christ and see, I mean, it, it, I think it, it does a good job in, in giving some kind of, of a small percentage of what it was like. Do you understand? The horror of it. But the reason why Jesus was able to go through the horror of the cross was because he was looking at something set before him, something joyful. Yeah? Now, he says that if we are looking at the same future, I mean, if you read the Gospels and see how Jesus operated, and you see that that is what God has planned for you, the Bible says that whom he did foreknow, he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. He knew you before you were born. Are you with me? That's, that is scripture. He said to Jeremiah, he says that before you were conceived, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you a prophet to the nations. Yeah. So God knew you before you were a thought in your parents' mind. Are you with me? He knew you before. He knew you personally. Hallelujah. He didn't know that you were coming. He knew you. I believe that we're all created in God. I believe, and uh, my personal belief is that when God said he created them male and female, I believe he created all of us within himself. That's my belief. That we're all in him. So he knew you and me. Hallelujah. And he breathed out Adam first. And breathed out Eve next. And at some point, when He when you're... When, Uh, According to the the time he had planned for your existence, he breathed you out of himself. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says that when we die, our spirits go back to God who gave it. Hallelujah. Your parent did not give your spirit. God gave it. Hallelujah. And he didn't create you just when they came together. You were in him. Hallelujah. He knew you before. The Bible says, Whom he did foreknow. Those he knew before he knew you before the world was created you as a person and then he predestinated he pre-planned the time of your existence and the plan he had for all of us was to be conformed to the image of his son the word conform speaks about being the same in expression hallelujah so if you read the gospels and you read jesus that is god's plan for your life hallelujah so let that be the joy that is set before you. Hallelujah. Let that be the joy that is set before you. That is the picture. That is what is propelling you to seek Him. And the Bible says, You will be found by me, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God took possession of Gideon. Wow. That's a good picture. Yeah? You walk into a room and you are possessed by God. <laughs> Praise God. Possessed by God. Wow. What would it be like? What would God look like when he runs a business? What would he look like? <laughs> yeah? What would he look like when he does a presentation? What would God look like when he plays an instrument? What would he look like? Hallelujah. Wow. He says that's the joy that's set before us. The joy that's set before us. Hallelujah. So anything, and you know, this is an individual thing. Anything that is limiting your apprehending the reason for which Christ possessed you, put it aside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at a couple more things and then we'll close. Hallelujah. Uh, Look at the book of Ephesians, Uh, Ephesians chapter five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll start from verse fourteen. Let's read really from the New Living Translation. Ephesians 5 verse 14 says, For the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper. <laughs> Awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Awake, O sleeper. Hallelujah. You know, Revelation um, is the key to transformation. And, and when we see the picture of what God has for us, it will cause us to wake up. Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. One translation says, rise from among the dead. You know, when you're lying down with dead people, uh, you can end up acting dead because, you know, no, there's not much activity around you. But when light comes, uh, you wake up. Okay, When the light of revelation comes regarding who you are, yeah, You will wake up. Because, you know, sometimes we compare ourselves with dead things. Um, and, and as a result, we lower the, the force and the power of our lives. Because uh, you look around and yeah, at least I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Um, you are not called to do okay. You are called to be like Jesus in expression. Hallelujah. You are called to be like Christ in expression. Hallelujah. He says, so be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Yeah. He says, come on, wake up, wake up, wake up. Okay, some of you are yawning. you have eating too much today. Wake up, wake up, wake up. He says, wake up. This is the light. Yeah? We are called to be like Christ in expression. Wake up. Yeah? Uh, press into these things. Uh, don't be drunk with wine. It will ruin your life. But be filled. The word filled is Greek word pleroma, which speaks about an abundance. Be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Have you ever gotten drunk before? Yeah. Yes. Alright. You you can't be drunk and 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 you know it is said that you he was under the influence. Hallelujah. When you are drunk, you are under an influence. Something is coming out of you. Okay? You are not filled with the Holy Spirit if nothing is coming out. There must be an expression. Hallelujah. He says, be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. If he says, be intoxicated, it means that that is your design. That is your destiny. Hallelujah. If you're not intoxicated with the Holy Spirit yet, then you are not. You're not there yet. Keep pushing. Keep stretching. Yeah. Paul says, I, I strain forward. I must fulfill my destiny. I cannot operate on this lo- in this life as a mere human being. I am called to be... Like Christ in expression. The plan of God is to possess me. And manifest through me. I will not be satisfied. Unless there is a spiritual um, um, expression of God. Or a tangible expression of the Holy Spirit in my life. That's the reason I was born. That's the reason you were born. That you will be lovingly bonded with him. So he can dwell through you. Hallelujah. Arise you who sleeps. Awake, awake, awake. The plan is a great plan. Hallelujah. So when they say you are a son of God, you don't need a, a sticker as proof of that fact. Hallelujah. And the word son is not gender specific. You are a son of God. Hallelujah. You don't need a sticker for that. Yeah, that is, that is the picture. That is the life. That is the joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He doesn't end there. He said, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you're bubbling out, when he's coming through, yeah, you sing psalms and psalms is not, singing psalms is not open to Psalm Psalm 119 and, and writing a song. Yeah, (laughs) It means that in your time of worship, in your time of intimacy with the Lord, songs are going to come out of your inner man. Hallelujah. Spiritual songs, songs of the spirit. You are going to climb that ladder that Jacob saw. You will enter into heaven and you will come down to earth with a, a different expression, an expression of wisdom, an expression of life, an expression of direction. Yeah? Get rid of sin. Get out of your life. Sleep. Eat less. Yeah. Sick more. Hallelujah. Seek more, seek him more. Hallelujah. Sick him more. Hallelujah. What else is a limitation? Oh man. Limitations. Things that limit. What did you say? friends what kind of friends first Corinthians 15:33 what does it say bad company corrupts good character hallelujah iron sharpens iron iron sharpens iron you want to be with people who are sh- who are hot yeah hot 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 yeah friends what else pud sorry Oh, some of us are workaholics. Yes, yeah, some of us are workaholics. Hmm. You know, there's, uh, there's working hard and working smart. And there is... No, seriously. And, you know, and um, you know, we all have bills to pay. And, you know, there is a... It's important that we recognize that <clears throat> the way we are working at the moment may not lead to where we are going. Uh, are you with me? And I'm not saying you should stop work. Like one minister says, don't be stupid on your job. <laughs> yeah? But um, it's important that we, we understand that th- there must be a transition. You must have a, a, a transition. You know, I, I heard this testimony. Who gave me this testimony? You know, there was this person that, um, that got a job. He was looking for work. Got a job and um, a Christian guy, but he started the job and he just had no time for anything. Yeah, just no time. I mean, he couldn't go to church. He couldn't, you know, it was one of these jobs that, you know, was just, just took over his life. And, you know, he made a decision. He said, you know what? I'm not going to do this thing, I'm not going to go this way okay and um he began to pray about it he began to pray seriously yeah he began to pray seriously and um and he left what he was doing and and got another job that was painless but allowed him a bit more flexibility and you know over time um he was able to bring more balance into his life and he I mean, the person I was giving the testimony talked about the opportunities that this guy walked into as a result of that decision. You know, there are certain decisions, there are certain difficult decisions that we're going to have to make in order to possess the reason for which we've been possessed. Uh, are you with me? Uh, this is the right crowd, isn't it? Yeah? There, there are certain commitments, there are certain decisions. You know, personally, I have decided to live my life a certain way. Yes, yeah, it's my decision. No one should pity me. No one should. It's my own decision. (laughs) Yeah. There are certain decisions I've made concerning the way I'm going to live this life. Yeah. And, you know, and we all have to make those tough decisions. But it's all about what are we straining forward to get? What are we, what are we, what, what are we straining forward to? Hallelujah. Is it Christ or is it something else? Hallelujah. But if you want Christ, then he has to be number one. Amen. Amen. If where you live is based on, if the country in which you live or the city in which you live is based on uh, the job opportunities there, then you are missing it. You really are. Yeah? Because all the enemy needs to do is to dangle another one (laughs) to somewhere else that is out of line with your purpose. Are you with me? Yeah? And you are under his... uh, under His power. Hallelujah. Amen. Last verse, uh, look at First Thessalonians. Chapter five. Verse 16. I'm reading the New Living translation again. It says, "Always be joyful. never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will. For you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. But test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. He says don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. Hallelujah. You know. Some of us revel at the fact that or we applaud ourselves for being, you know, I'm a very practical person. You know, I like things I can handle. Don't try to, uh, you know, don't try to, to, yes, you know, don't try to confuse me with, give me the scripture and verse. And that's good. It's good to be scripture and verse person. Yeah? Um, but, you know, in this thing that we're walking in, there is another part to it. You know, I believe that, uh, I like to say that the, the it's like the, the two sides of the same coin, the word and the spirit are one. Amen. Yeah. Uh, you can't really be a word person without being a Holy Spirit person. It's actually impossible. It's like spending half a coin. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, I want to transact. And you see this coin. Uh, I have to cut it in two. It's no longer legal tender. All right? And that's why there are a lot of people with divinity degrees that that are as confused as the devil himself. <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong in the divinity degree, but, you know, you can be so full of scripture that you don't know him. Are you with me? Um, because you can't know scripture without knowing him. You can't know the word without the spirit. Okay? Uh, and... and there is a manifestation of god in our lives that is that that is is uh transcends just the the practical amen yeah supernatural dimension your practicality will never tell you to go will never send peter fishing uh and to get money out of his mouth or out of the mouth of the first uh first fish all right your practicality will not bless Uh, five loaves and two small fish and hand it to 5,000 people. Okay? Your practicality would never produce that. It would never cause uh, an axe head to float uh, by throwing a log. (laughs) You understand? Throwing a log in a river. Yeah? No, no, no. The the Spirit of God. It says don't stifle the Spirit. Do not scoff at at the prophetic. Don't scoff at the dreams and the visions and the inspiration. Don't scoff at those leadings that are going to come as, as promptings in your heart. Don't don't scoff. Don't say, Oh, I want something more practical. No. Yeah, it says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Hallelujah! We don't lead God, He leads us. We don't tell Him how to lead us, we humble ourselves under His mighty hand. He is God and we are not. Hallelujah. Amen. He says don't scoff at prophecies. Hallelujah. Don't stifle the Holy Spirit. This is how he wants to work in your life. Humble yourself. Open yourself up to it. Don't say well as for me. You know all this business. Just give me the scriptures. You are missing it. Hallelujah. You are missing it. The word and the spirit. They are one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.